Sein Leben lang. Hallo Leute, willkommen zum einzigen Schalke Podcast auf Englisch. Jawohl, this episode 140 of Schalke America. I'm your host Richard Carmen, comfortably in my chair. <laughs> Joining me as always, co-host Jack Mangan. Jack, how are we doing on Victory Monday? Not, not Tuesday, as well as Tuesday. yes, Victory Tuesday. That is correct, uh, and not as well as you apparently <laughs> swiveling around as you are. In frame for those watching uh, on YouTube or whatever. Uh, yeah. yeah, have to mention the new uh, the new racing or gaming chair, whatever you have going on there for Richard. Just just living in luxury. Living in luxury. That's right. Living in luxury, and you know there's good reason because uh, feeling good these days. You know, uh, nice victory. This uh, we had a holiday weekend, obviously here in USA, and uh, yeah, we uh, on the back of that side, Chaka five two five goals without Tarota. Uh, impressive victory. We kind of were hoping this would happen a, a, a blowout victory, but we weren't sure, were we, Jack? But uh, we got we got the win. Uh, the more importantly, we got the win. Yeah, a seven goal second half. Uh, <laughs> and, unreal, and, uh, unreal. I mean, the conversation, and we'll get into this when we talked when we saw the lineups was you know can we score without Torada in the lineup? Although he hadn't really been scoring in recent games anyway. Yeah. Uh, and at halftime, uh, the chat you know during our watch along was saying, well, we know the answer to that question. Only for the game to then produce seven goals in the in the following forty five minutes, um, of course, uh, as everyone expected. So, yeah, uh, yeah, definitely, definitely crazy how that one worked out. And uh, also, you know, answers the question on, on the backs of that disappointing result to Bremen. Um, what was the response going to be against a you know lower lower table Sandhausen? We said that we needed um, not only a result but uh, one that was pretty comprehensive. And although there were you know some shaky moments in this game. You look at the scoreline ultimately and the way the second half went, and you have to, uh, you know, feel like they they responded in the way that we expected them to and wanted them to see. Yeah, that was a big question mark for sure because you know we have some difficult games coming up, especially this uh, coming week, coming next Saturday, uh, St. Pauli, top of the league, right? Uh, and so we were wondering, this is a must win. We have to because we're unsure how those games are going to go, and if you know, we one, we want a response, and two, this is a team that's low in the table, second from the bottom. We need to get a win, an emphatic win at that, to make us make the fan base feel at least more at ease going into those big games, especially with the news that Toroto's not there. And, you know, we, we got to get some goals. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we pulled it out. Uh, seven goals, second half, like you said. Uh, we haven't seen that since, well, I won't mention the first game of last year. Uh, but uh, let's get into the lineup in this one. Um, see if I get my thing to work here. There it is. There's the lineup. All right. Uh, starting off with us, we were the home team. Frazzle in goal with Malik Tiao, Itakura, and Kaminsky once again in the back three. Florian Flick would get the start in the holding midfielder role. Uh, you had Ranful on the right, Oyan on the left, Salazar, Drexler uh, in the middle, and then Peringer and Bulter up top. Obviously, you know Tarota. Um, you mentioned it. The question mark when we saw this lineup, though we had some pieces we liked, as in Peringer and Flick, would we score was the question, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. And, and all we, I think, had uh, heard at the time, you know, before kickoff was just kind of an unspecified muscle injury with no real indication of how severe it was going to be. And I mean, I think, as you mentioned, yeah, Tarada not going to be with us for the remainder of uh, the Hinrunda. So we're going to have to finish this out, you know, until Christmas without him up top. 
Um, so yeah, obviously immediate question marks there. Uh, and this is where, you know, you start to wonder if the striker depth is going to become a problem. You know, we talked about it with Matthew Hoppy departing to, uh, to Mallorca to, of course, the golden child of this podcast, one Ahmed Katushu, uh, and his departure as well. And so now, you know, you see Piringer in the starting lineup, which I don't think many, many of us would have been upset about. I think we're all interested to get, to get another look at this guy, uh, for sure. Yeah. yeah but that was, that was the big news. And then, and then, um, you know, Ranful as well out on the right. Um, I think some of the, we kind of argue is like the third choice in that position potentially. Um, but the, the redeeming qualities, Salats are back in the midfield. Um, ahead of Paulson, and then Denny Lotza didn't play because I think like of excessive bruising or some soreness, that sort of thing. And so yeah. you saw Florian Flick at the base of the midfield as well. So I mean, ultimately you have that Drexler Zalatar, you know, central pairing with with Flick, a guy that we're interested in seeing. So I think uh, you know, on the balance, you actually were kind of intrigued by the lineup. No, no, hundred percent. I think uh, we were curious to see how Perringer and Bolter were lined up together because usually when Perringer comes in, it's for Bolter, uh, and to see both of them out there at the same time. Uh, to see more of Perringer, we're really curious to see that. And um, yeah, Drexler and Salazar in the middle. We talked about that last week, like you mentioned. Very important for us. Uh, looking at real quick at the uh, the opposition, the road team. Uh, Druvis in, in goal with uh, Diekmeyer, Hohn, Gierhoff, and Okoroi. Uh, midfield of Ritzmeyer, Bachmann, uh, Renicki, Benshoff, and Soku with up top Test Root. Um, decent lineup, I guess, but they're. <laughs> Not gonna lie, they're second bottom of the table. They're they're there for a reason. They, they struggle to score. They give up a lot of goals, uh, and so the key was always gonna be: yeah. could we do anything? Uh, and first half uh, got a little scary there, wasn't it? Um, game starts. We started out with the first ten minutes. It was great, great, lively action by the team. I think Salazar. If I think you'd agree that he was like just on point. He was on fire. Looked like he was ready to take over this game. Great stuff by him in the first ten minutes, and really. Um, oh, in that first 10 minutes, Malik Tiao, I almost forgot this, great move top of the box, takes a left-footed shot from outside the box, hits the post, uh, and Bolter with the follow-up just misses it wide. But, I mean, the first 10 minutes, uh, Salazar and company were just flying hijack. Uh, this yeah. is the kind of thing we're looking for from Salazar, wasn't it? No, I mean, and I'm glad you mentioned that that Malik Chow play, because if you, if you hadn't, I certainly was going to. Yeah. Know, right? I think yeah. right around the 10th minute. You know, takes the ball on his right foot, top of the box, you know, uh, kind of fakes the shot, gets the defender to go to ground, and then pulls it back onto his left, curler upper 90, like, you know, inches from being a bar down, like, abs- I mean, I would have, like, taken my shirt off on stream and just, you know, run out into the street. Like, I mean, abs- <laughs> absolute madness uh, from, from the center back there. And we said, like, you know, when, whenever the team is in the mood offensively and, and they feel like they have a decent hang of possession, that kind of thing, Malchio kind of ventures forward and, and you know, has a, has a dribble, has a little shot, does this kind of thing. So interesting to see. But, yeah, uh, Salads are in the mood, you know, from, from, from the start. Um, and he just – he has that spark and that sort of drive and that energy kind of whenever he gets on the ball, he's looking to push the pace and, and, and make things happen. Um, and sometimes you just need that sort of like inward inertia that he kind of brings, you know, mm-hmm. to, to, to proceedings. Um, it, yeah, it's useful. So uh, yeah, I'd like to see him, you know, obviously back in the lineup and, and providing what we've come to expect him uh, to provide. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Uh, and we were hoping at that, that point, we're like, look, this is great. We're doing really well. I think we mentioned this on, on the live stream as well, is that like all we need now is a goal because the longer it goes goalless, the more Sandhausen is going to get into this game. And as that first half started getting, you know, moved on and on, you could see our our intensity kind of backed off. Sandhausen started getting more and more of the action. Um, we went into halftime 0-0, and, you know, we 
people in the chat, they were saying, look, this is what happens when you have Toroda. You don't have a goal scorer. We can't score goals. And that was the big fear. We dominated every every statistic but the goals. Uh, and at that point, if you're Sandhausen, you got to be feeling good. You're getting completely dominated on the road. Yet, one goal and you're going to have the lead. Um, and I think for me, in that first half, Rodful was the guy I needed to see come out. I thought he played poor. Um, the rest of the team was okay, but Rodful just didn't seem right. And we, we've been talking about Rodful all season long that he just doesn't seem the right fit. Like you mentioned, third string probably for us. Uh, maybe fourth on that right side. So, uh, what was your thoughts of the first half after zero zero? Yeah, well, I mean, it's a Sandhausen side that, if I'm not mistaken, had conceded something like 28 goals in in the 14 matches prior to this one. So, yeah. quite literally, like two goals a game that they're averaging. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, probably simultaneously, not the time you'd want to like lose attacking strength because you'd like to be able to take advantage of it, but also. Yeah. Potentially, you know, maybe we can you can get away without having attacking strength. But you know, like you said, after that first, you know, 10, 15 minutes or so when things kind of cooled off, pace slowed down. Um, and yeah, we definitely got bogged down and, and, and didn't seem to have uh you know much spark kind of getting caught in some of these once again build-up shapes we talk about a lot. Um it was it was a little bit worrying, honestly. Yeah. I mean, yeah, because because as as you mentioned, it's just like you know, the longer this game goes on, all it takes is one counter, one mistake, Sandhausen scores. And then they can, you know, collapse and, and kind of like park the bus even more than they probably would have already wanted to. Um, and then there's all this, you know, pressure on, you know, pressure on the coach, pressure on the team. And, and that, those kind of things kind of can build in matches. And we've seen over the past couple of years, um, we haven't always risen to that pressure when things mm-hmm. start to go south in that regard. So, no. um, yeah, concerning at halftime. And, and I think we were both kind of looking around like, all right, what's what's the team talk from Gramatis? You know, what, what's the response going to be? Yeah, and I think one was we were we couldn't wait for halftime to get there because the, the more that first half went on, the more Soundhausen was get into it. And so we were thinking, going to the break, Gramozis has got to light them up because one, his job is on the line if they lose this game. Uh, but two, it just they need to get some their mojo back. The first ten minutes, fifteen minutes of the game, they were doing so well, need to get that back. So we were almost certain that they were going to come out firing. Um, nah, not so much. Uh, right out, right out the gate of the second half. Uh, Ranful makes a silly mistake, causes a turnover. They go the other way, Sandhausen do. Ritzmeyer gets a goal. Uh, one nothing, just like that, we're down. Exactly what we didn't want to happen. We wanted to score a goal. If we didn't score, we knew they were going to score, and they did. 47 minutes, we're like, ah, oh, here we go again. Uh, gut punch, to say the least, uh, coming out of the gate. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, worst possible uh start building on that that first half and as you mentioned it was Randfall um that was largely responsible for that kind of building once again on his his poor first half as well um and uh ultimately would go on to redeem himself which we'll talk about to some extent this game he had a very interesting you know yeah <laughs> as for him as it was in terms of the goal scoring in this match um yeah i think i think the assist there from how do you, i forget how do you pronounce the guy's name my apologies but like soku or suku the, the yeah, left winger yeah, he was he yeah. was he was pretty strong in this game i he thought was. um uh and ha- and uh helped finish that one off but you know obviously was a, a big part of their uh attack outside of that play as well no he definitely was and also the 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 second goal they ended up scoring this game he was in, heavily involved as with uh, as well um so yeah the big question again as always is how do we react especially no no Toroto up there we're not scoring goals in that first half how do we react Getting punched by uh, one of the bottom feed bottom feeders of the league. Um, well, team responded well, I thought. Uh, in particular, Ranfill, who we just mentioned, 
Uh, we were all screaming for him to come off. I was literally screaming my head off to, for him to come off after that goal. And lo and behold, as soon as I say that, he goes down, makes a pass, which I we think is intended for Bulter, misses him, goes to Drexler on the right-hand side into the box. He keeps his head up. He he passes back door. Oyan pounces on it, puts it away. Uh, 1-1, just like that. And it seemed like we just reignited and that energy came back. But uh, Randfall made a play there. I don't know if it was intended or not. He's probably going to tell you it was. But Yeah, um, no, it's it's funny that you mentioned that. I, I had completely forgotten that you and I had said that when we were watching on, on the, the watch-along stream, like, I don't think that was actually an intentional through ball. Like, and it yeah. just kind of worked out. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, ultimately, if that was Drexler that played that in, I forget if you, yeah. as we said, I mean, ultimately, great awareness from him gets his head up and picks out um, Oweon. I mean, it, which is hilarious to me. And it's, I mean, it's, it's Sandhausen. What do you want from them exactly? But the idea that of all people, we were just going to let like Oweon backdoor just kind of sneak in. Like, I mean, it's kind of one of the main people you want to be paying attention yeah. to. Uh, I mean, yeah. certainly there was more pressure there on Ranful than there was on, I don't know. Yeah. probably not the priority that I would assign, but yeah. Um, yeah. It does a great job letting it kind of come across his body um, and finish it with his left foot. Um, and uh, yeah, really, really nice, really nice finish and, and immediate response, which is exactly what we needed. And you could see how much it you know meant to them. Yeah. And Oyan once again, feeling in this game, we'll get to that emotion uh, much later. Uh, but uh, yeah, get a goal right there. Great for him. Uh, great for us, really. One one at that point. Uh, and from that point on, really, that was the turning point of that second half for us. Uh, we continue putting pressure on. We 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 said on the live stream we, we need a second goal because at this point, or we need to get a, we need to get the lead in this. We can't settle for a draw because again, same situation. The longer it's tied, the better San has better chance they have of come back and, and, and biting one us on it. But anyway, uh, there was a. Trying to remember the play exactly. Uh, in swinger from Oyan coming down the left hand flank in the 64th minute, he crosses it in. Um, hits it's off Perringer in the chest. And initially, when the play happened, hit off Perringer off the chest, went to Bolter. Bolter puts it away and gets a goal. And I'm like, that's a fantastic play by Perringer. Upon watching the replay of it, um, you see Perringer tries to go for goal off his chest, hits the defender in the face or something, and bounces right back to Bolter. And Bolter just puts it away. But nonetheless, Bolter gets his goal finally. Uh, looked angry on the on the, on the celebration, but two one, uh, great great momentum has kept going, uh, which we wanted to see is keep putting the, uh, the foot down or metal pedal to the metal. No, and important for Bolter as well because yes. um, you know he's obviously been in the shadow of Torada all season. Uh, different different players, they do different yeah. things. They bring different things in the you know to to the game, and they have different responsibilities. But um, it, you still get the sense that he he wants to score goals and he wants to be the guy. Um, and, and kind of embraces that when he gets his opportunities. And so the fact that so many of those have gone to Torada, you were wondering if like this is a big game for Bolter to step up in his absence and kind of like make his mark over the next couple matches. And uh, yeah, certainly started to do that in the second half. Um, and uh, of course, we we I mean we we love we love a Bolter celebration, Jeremy, my friend. Freaking Ivan uh, Drago. I mean, the, the, fa- <laughs> the, the face is just is just priceless. So um, yeah, a thing of uh, a thing of beauty. And interesting, like you said, it was a mis- not, not, unintentional kind of. Yeah, return pass from Perringer. The next goal, which would which would come from um, Sandhausen, was actually very similar in that it was sort of an unintentional, um, yeah, deflection pass that that led to like the, the final shot once again. So both of those, like I think, when you initially watch them, you're like, wow, that's a great sequence. And to some extent, they were, but it wasn't quite quite as nice as you thought initially because both of them had a little bit of right. an element of luck to them. Yeah, 
Which which was it that goal or which was a goal that was later that that Buskin celebration on the sideline? Which one was that? Do you remember? That, that may have been the both. That, that may have been the both one actually. I forgot to mention that. Yeah, this yeah, was the play right. of the game for me. Buskin's just going crazy on the sidelines, literally chases down Schroeder and like chest bumps, almost knocks him on the ground. I mean, Buskin's was amazing on that goal. I mean, you got to watch the highlight just. We got to have to retweet that. We have to find it somewhere, but. I mean, we were dying on the live stream because he was he looked so angry, but he was happy. Oh, it was great. Yeah, it, like you didn't. I didn't even realize that it was Schroeder at first because he was kind of like facing camera and like kind of like in the corner. Yeah, yeah. And Buskins just ran up and just like <laughs> Schroeder, Schroeder turns around like what? what is just like, like come on, man. Like oh man, he like literally so chasing down too. Oh my god, it was great. So great. Oh, oh it was awesome. <laughs> but two to one at that point, and we immediately when they scored, we were like, we need to get another goal. We need that insurance goal. Uh, and again, off a corner this time, um, ball comes in. Bulter again, Volv deflects it and deflects it right to the uh, to Giroff, the defender for Sandhausen, hits off him, unbeknownst to him, and goes right into the goal. Nothing he could have done about it. Uh, he didn't even know that ball was coming. But uh, Bulter and Oyan involved again. Uh, great deflection by Bulter that led to the own goal by uh, Sandhausen. 3 1. That's insurance goal we wanted. Uh, and at that point, it seemed like we were really feeling it at that point. Yeah, no, I mean, um, both are just getting involved in, in a lot of different ways and, and you know, finding a way to make it near small post, too, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, near post run, yeah, small impacts on various plays, and you know, um, yeah, ultimately very unlucky. But once again, it's just it's great. It's, I mean, I'm gonna say like fantastic ball in from Thomas Oyan, but both of those last two goals are, are balls in from, from Thomas Oyan, and the, the prior places. goal, the initial goal was him scoring. I mean, like, the, yep. with through Thomas Oyan, all things are possible. And we keep saying this, but I mean, the guy is phenomenal and just at the heart of so much of what we do, whether it's set pieces or, or you know, some of our dangerous attacks down down the flanks when we whip some of these balls in. So, um, yeah, credit to him who continues to just exceed expectations. And, and, you know, when you think he's peaked, he puts in another performance like this and you're just yeah. lucky to have him on the team. We had the uh, Blonde Dior celebrations uh, yesterday or whatever, and uh, sadly, no Oyan or Toroto in the mentions there, so uh, we thought they were sure going to be top 30 there. But, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, great by Oyan uh, to set that up and, and Bulter for really getting a foot on there. Uh, and we're glad that we got that, that, that insurance goal because two minutes later, um, this is actually a really wonderful goal by Sandhausen. Tic-tac-toe passing all the way around. Testa Root ended up putting it away. It was just a fantastic goal. You had to applaud that. Um, but Chaka, the six and sevens on that defensive play, um, really made Sandhausen look like Barcelona peak peak years, uh, didn't it? Yeah, well, that's I mean that's the goal I was mentioning. So maybe I'm wrong about this, but I think the final ball before the shot, I don't actually think is an intentional pass, but a deflection back to yeah, uh, yeah. the test drive before before he shoots. But the build up before that was great, one touch passing, yep. very incisive. Um, yeah, it, it looked like you know like you know, old Arsenal or something. It did some extent. It was, yeah, it was. And then, you know, ball just fell very kindly for him and he just kind of sidewinder half volleys it and and hits it really nicely. And, um, yeah, it was one of those goals. It was kind of like, it went from like nothing to in the back of the net in about three seconds. And you were just kind of like, wow, that was efficient. (laughs) You know, uh, so yeah, uh, very, very clean goal from them. And, uh, good that we were in the goal scoring mood that we were because, um, you know, it's not often that we, Conceded a ton of goals in this one and ended up conceding a couple to Sandhausen of all teams. So, yeah. And 3 2, you know, we were unsure what was going to happen. Would our goal scoring continue? Would they tie the game? It seemed like they had maybe momentum, killed our momentum, it seemed like. Um, but again, uh, Ronfel this time again doing good. Coming down the right hand side, this was in the 76th minute, just two minutes after 
Um, Sandhausen's goals, like bang, 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 those three goals. Uh, Radford comes on the right-hand side, crosses it in the middle. Bulter making the near post run again, and backheel flicks it to the far corner for a goal. <laughs> Just a beautiful goal, Jack. I mean, I, you spotted it before I did when it went in, and I'm like, what, what? And I have to watch the replay to see the, the skill that Bulter had to get that into the net. Yeah, um, and uh, you know, Ranford had already been involved in a couple of the goals that had that had come about after making that that initial yeah. mistake for Sandhausen's first, and um, you know, put put a decent ball here. Pops up on the right hand side, you know, whips a good ball in with pace, and and uh, yeah, Bolter's kind of boxing his guy out and kind of athletically, acrobatically gets the back heel that rolls kind of mm-hmm. far post and uh, just kind of squeaks in. Um, yeah. uh, inventive, and, and you got to applaud it, and. Uh, well, once again, love that from Bolter too. I mean, like, this is yeah. what I mean. Once again, it's been Torada so often, um, and, and you know, flexing his 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 goal scoring chops and you know, putting some in in a couple different ways here. You know, like yeah, that, that's kind of like the more Torada like hold up play, use yeah. my body. You know, like classy finishing as opposed to the first. You know, so um, yeah, interesting stuff from Bolter there. Good game from him. Yeah, I mean, he he scored two goals. It was instrumental on that one own goal. Uh, for sure. So yeah, really good game by him. And really, the only thing missing, I think, at that point, we could all agree, was Salazar getting a goal. Uh, and then in the 82nd minute, game's already in, in hand. Um, he makes his great run down the middle of the mid, uh, down the middle of the field. I think he ended up like passing it to Bolter, gives it back to him. It looked like it was going to him or maybe Oyan. Uh, I think it was clearly going to Oyan, and Salazar almost like takes it from him because it was really behind him. Gets a goal from it, great, but. Uh, what I noticed, and I think you and you noticed this as well, Oyan's reaction after the goal is like, "Come on, dude, that was mine." But Salazar, if he didn't score, he would have been he would have been in a lot of trouble, I think, from his teammates. But he's he put it away. Really nice finish, uh, five two. Salazar got his goal. Um, yeah, seven goals in that second half, unreal. Yeah, I don't remember who initially took that away. It may have been Piringer. Um, but it, you know, mm, it came off yeah. of uh, a, a nice poke away. Yeah, and you said Salazar advanced the ball up the field quite a ways. Um, yeah, that that ball was. As far as I'm aware, absolutely intended on the cutback for for Oyan. It was perfectly weighted for him to just kind of like walk onto it and whack it. And yeah, Zalzer came out of nowhere and just <laughs> not in stride, not in rhythm, just completely poached <laughs> no. it. And then I think that's kind of where you see maybe some of the defensive frailties of, of Sandhausen, like letting him just kind of dribble around shot. for a second and somehow turn and, and have that open lane to fight. And you know, nice finish from Zalzer. Like give him yeah. credit, but. Um, and also clearly, you know, wanted, wanted his goal, like, you know, stole it off the teammate and, and made sure he got the shot off. So, I mean, it's not like he wasn't asking for it, but, um, yeah. Uh, Oyan was like visibly upset by that. Yeah. I think, bro, um, and I you'd that. think that like, you know, he'd already scored a goal, been involved in a couple other ones. That's the fifth goal of the game. They're winning. He would just kind of let it go. And he was like visibly, I think, yeah. um, pretty annoyed by that from Salazar. So that's, yeah. that's interesting and maybe something to keep an eye on. Um, yeah, because I think had he not scored, that's understandable for to be upset. But once he scores, you'd be like, all right, all right. Given yeah, given the context, you know, it, it wasn't like yeah, it was a zero zero game, and that was like the important goal, and the guy like you know yeah. ruined a higher percentage opportunity, you know, you know, some whatever ruined his bonus. Um, for sure, yeah. Uh, interesting though, so we'll have to see if if there's any of that in the future in terms of you know the body language between Salazar and other guys when Salazar gets a little trigger happy on some of these. Um, but once again. I'm not opposed to Zalazar having a go a couple times nope. a match. Nope. Um, and honestly, with the work rate he puts in, he kind of deserves to uh, to let fire and have those opportunities when he when he creates so much for other people. So, um, yeah, probably wrong to jump in there, but uh, you know, made the most of it. And uh, once again, you know, good game from both Drexler and Zalazar centrally. Like I I like that pairing. I think they do good work together for the most part. It was a strong performance from both of them. Yeah. Flick Flick was fine. 
not, not, I mean, not, I mean, not great, not, not awful. Like he was fine. Um, Piringer was fine. Uh, it was really, you know, Drexler, uh, Zalatsar, and then Bolter and, and oh, yeah, once again, yeah, um, really kind of making things happen. And the four of them had phenomenal games. And I think, you know, obviously, Ronfell, who had the shaky first half and obviously the, the early start to the second half, but he bounced back very, very well, I think, for himself, involved in a couple of the goals, like you mentioned. Um, so he he did had, almost had a complete opposite of, of halves there. And then Perringer, I think he did well, he didn't do much offensively. I mean, yes, he, he was. Uh, instrumental on Bolter's first goal. Uh, he came back a lot defensively, I thought, too. And, and like you mentioned, the, the play before Salazar went on his run, Perringer was back there making that poke. A couple of the plays, he was breaking up plays defensively as well. Like, you don't really want your striker back there, but, you know, in a game, a situation where the score is tight, it's all hands on deck to try to stop that, right? And so I think he had a decent game, I think, overall, too. Um, you know, Kaminsky, Tiao, Itakura really didn't have much to do, I don't think. Um can't really yeah, I mean, quiet, fairly. quiet game from them, yeah. really. I mean, and neither goal was really, you know, I'd say, I mean, the one was just Randfall's fault most, and the second one was just kind of something that happened. I don't know. Um, and I know, yeah, I know we mentioned a couple of times, but yeah, to your point, I mean, commendable response from from yeah. Randfall because he probably, you know, has an understanding of where he is in the pecking order, too. So, like, he knows that he hasn't been getting the opportunities recently. This is an opportunity for him. It's a critical point in the season for his team. Yeah. He makes a mistake that could potentially cost his team the result at that point. Um, and, you know, sometimes that's when you see what people are really made of. And, and it doesn't mean that he has to come back and have a phenomenal second half because no. he had a very, you know, very above average second half, um, I think. But, um, you know, at least that he that he hung in there and, you know, didn't let the head drop it and contributed to some other good things that were happening on the pitch, yeah. I think, was a strong response from him. And I, you know, gained, gained some of my respect for that for sure. Yeah, if he can finish at the Hinrunde here, I think there's two more games left or so. Uh, it'll be important for him and the team as well. Um, we got some big matches up ahead. Uh, statistically, we dominated this game. Uh, we had from the beginning uh, just the goals that were lacking, and then second half we blew it up. But 25 to seven were shots in our favor. Nine to three on target. Uh, passing, we had almost we had over 200 passes more than they did. Our passing accuracy was actually 82 percent, pretty good. Uh, we've averaged about like upper 60s, which is poor. Um, Sandhausen, to their credit, they had 65% as well. Um, they outfouled us. You know, it was the opposite for us, almost exact opposite against the against Verda Bremen. We were we were getting outshot. We were we were fouling more than the others. We were having bad passes. So uh, good bounce back performance. Um, at the time, the result we were in fourth place, which is good, good, good bounce up. Um, but after all the results happened, uh, we are now in sixth position, uh, only six points out of Saint, from behind St. Pauli, three points, and we're in second. Uh, but we have St. Pauli this weekend. We have the Flying Bergstallers, if you want to call them. Um, they're back in first. Uh, Darmstadt second, Regensburg third, Paderborn, Hamburg, and then us. And then after St. Pauli, if we get out of there, yeah, it's oh Nuremberg. Yeah, first, first in the table, seventh in the table, fifth in the table. I think. Yep. Uh, St. Pauli, Nuremberg, Hamburg. Uh, so yep. a very difficult three to close out uh the hand which is why this result was as crucial as it was needing to take advantage of that sort of lowly opponent especially on the back of of really kind of a stolen two points from us in bremen uh, and obviously we hope that you know those two points you know don't ultimately affect us at the end of the season and you, you couldn't blame it on that if if that ended up being the case because there's plenty of other games that we could have you know performed better in and won it's not like we're going to be able to blame that refereeing decision on anything that happens but um you know yeah. looking at the table at the moment for example we'd be tied with i think what regensburg in third 
yeah. if we picked up those extra two points and instead we're in six. True. I mean, so I mean, like these things can make a difference. Uh, but I guess that also goes to show you that the table is still at this point of the season relatively uh, compact at the top, which is which is encouraging for a team like us that's you know outside the top five at the moment. So yeah, um, you know, hopefully we have uh, Shaka deliver us a nice Christmas here with with a couple stringing a couple results in a row. Yeah. More than a couple, three. <laughs> Anything. We'll, we'll take at least two, right? Uh, stringing the lights up, stringing the results. Come on. There you go. There you go. Dimitri, or excuse me, Devki says, uh, hey, guys, this season team is good against lower-ranked teams but struggle against the higher-ranked teams. Uh, Dimitri doesn't give me confidence for automatic promotion. I think the sentiment is pretty fair for most uh, most fans. Uh, given we're currently six in the table, that's not ideal. We want to be top three going into the winter break, honestly. Um, so these next three games are huge because we could – fall really deep or we could jump really high at the table we could we could arguably be in the top two if we get really good results here in the next three games um so it's an important game for dimitri dimitri's Gramotsis. um i think the team will be fine but i don't know if he will be around and you know if he doesn't get results positive results out of these three games he might not be here in the Ronda. i don't know i don't feel confident that he would be uh, especially depending if we're lower than six in the table, Jack, because uh, we said it from the beginning of the season, you know, come come the winter pausa, if we're not in the top three begging for auto, uh, automatic promotion, he's probably not going to last. I'm sure the leash is short. Yeah. You know, Schroeder, has had, Schroeder has been remarkably, you know, uh, lenient with him, but I think the fans would be on Schroeder immediately if, if we, that, those results pan out like that. Yeah, and I think that we all just kind of feel like, you know, the results are just papering over cracks in – his system and his general approach that just kind of never get resolved. They just kind of get put on the shelf when there's a string of a couple wins and then, yeah. you know, the next big loss happens and we're talking about it again. But you know, what I will say is the one thing is to his credit. Um, and this is sort of narrative and we don't really know what happened, but I mean, shop came out in the second half after the energy levels had dropped and they were a much, much better team in the second half looked like they had been fired up and ready to play. Um, we're even able to ride out, like we said, you know, the goal at the start yeah. of the first yeah. half. Despite you know, despite that kind of big blow initially, and so I think you know, there's probably some credit to go his way there as well. Um, you know, on the back of that Bremen result, poor first half, and you know, some, something happened in the locker room, and they came out, you know, and they ended up uh, executing at a high level. So uh, you know, credit there. Helm, maybe it was Buskins, right? <laughs> something was in his weedy, so it very well. Oh my goodness, that, that is the funniest thing. <laughs> we I gotta find a gift of that. That's yeah, that's the official gif of Shalk America. I'm gonna call yeah. it right now. We gotta yeah. find it and we'll make, we'll make a get a gif of it. Uh, yeah. But yeah, uh, and some some heartbreaking news, I guess, for us. We kind of knew that going into the game, Toroda out for the game. That game uh, with a muscle injury. It's kind of vague, but we kind of found out after game that he's out for the rest of the Hinrunda. Um, a calf injury, I believe, is what they said. And you know we're not going to have him for three, arguably three most important games of of the of the Hinrunda. Granted, we played Hamburg already, so it's second week, second half. But um, yeah, we need these are games we're going to need goals to win. You'd imagine, um, but you know, positive signs from Bulter and Peringer. Um, obviously, Oian Salas are stepping up. Those all these guys who did well against Sennhausen will have to play well against St. Pauli. They have to stop Bergstaller first of all, and and their assist man. Uh, and then, you know, after that, they're going to you know navigate through the friends of Nuremberg and then go to Hamburg as well. So um, it's not easy not having your talisman there because uh, Toroda does so good of just detra- distracting everybody else. And you can kind of play around that. Um, but maybe it's a blessing in disguise, Jack. I, I pose this question to you. Uh, maybe we were overly reliant on Toroda and what we saw from Sandhausen 
was maybe the team realized they had to be more of a team and play all better, and that's why we scored more goals. What are your thoughts? Well, I mean, first of all, there's never a good time to be without your uh, your best goal scorer, but this is certainly, you know, not a good time at all. Yeah, like as you said, given given the opponent. So yeah, definitely bad timing there. Um, I do think there are times, um, given how little creativity there is, once again, sort of in some of our buildup, um, that when things are bogged down and not particularly going well, um, and, and we aren't able to kind of get in transition and express some of that creativity that there is a potent, uh, propensity, just kind of like hoof the ball to Torada and be a little bit over-reliant on him trying to, you know, win an aerial ball, maintain body control and play somebody else off. Um, and so, yeah, to the extent that they're going to have to find a way to make things happen without him over the course of the next couple games, if that ends up being kind of instructive for them and they can, um, you know, may- maybe make some improvements to how they operate so that when Toroda comes back in, he-, he fits in without disrupting what they have going on and just is able to add to it with his, you know, all of the attributes that he has rather than becoming the focal point of the attack. Yeah, that, that could absolutely be a good thing. Um, you know, I don't know to what extent that's going to happen, but um and once again, I don't want to like be overly dramatic given that it was Sandhausen that we kind of expected there to be, you know, something of a goal explosion in this one. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, early returns are, are good. And, you know, they, they needed to get a result without him and they did. And they did it by scoring five goals. And you had, yeah, you know, Thomas Oweyan scoring a goal. You had a midfielder. You had a left back. You had a striker. You, I mean, you had people chipping in from different areas of the pitch um, and goals coming in different ways. So that's That's, I mean, pretty much exactly what you'd like to see. Yeah, and and to your point, I think if there's a time that you're going to lose your best player, um, it's before the game against one of the worst teams in the league as opposed to right after. Had this injury happened after the Sandhausen game, you go into the you know St. Pauli matchup with the unknown. How are we going to play without Torda now? You had now at least a game without him to kind of see how you play, how the guys are doing. Now you can make improvements upon that and go and have a better game plan going against St. Pauli. So. You know that's the that's the one I guess caveat you can put in there that's to our benefit that he got injured before the game, not after. Um, but yeah, it's it's important that all the guys play well uh, going to this game. This is a huge game for us. St. Pauli looks like a, a almost a sure bet for auto, automatic promotion this year. The way they're playing, uh, Burke Teller might get twenty goals this year. It's it's unreal. Um, got a question here in the box from Devki says, uh, "Do you have any news on transfers in January, specific, especially with the kind of financial meltdown that Shaka is in?" I would imagine, this is just my thoughts, Jack, um, that we're probably not going to be spending much. I mean, Schroeder is going to work his magic, as he has been. Uh, maybe he's going to find somebody free or off the, off the street or something. But I can't imagine we have any money to spend any, on anyone. Um, and I think whatever resources we have for money, you know, depending on the situation on the table, we may want to you know, allocate that to towards a manager if that's the situation we're in. Um, it really depends on how these three games go because it could be – Hey, we're in a good mood. We're at the top of the table, and we just need some reinforcements for depth. Or it's shit. We need to get a new manager. Forget we're, we have good pieces. Let's just get a new manager. That's yeah, I mean, it. yeah. The man, the managerial salary question is an interesting one. Um, I mean, I do feel like Schroeder has come out and basically said that they're, you know, admitting that they're in the market for another attacking player. Um, so. I haven't heard any specific names really attached to that uh, with the January window. And I think for the most part, our, you know, our focus, you and I has been on the fixtures, you know, leading up to, I um, thought you were going to say, I'm great. Gonna <laughs> <laughs> That's what our focus. I mean, it would be a great time to free Katuchu if only one had a Katuchu to free. Uh, I mean, it, it, it is always a good time to free Katuchu, is it not Richard? But 
uh yeah uh unfortunate unfortunate um anyway uh totally lost my train of thought uh as a result of that thank you but no oh yeah the, the january transfer window yeah i wouldn't be surprised if we brought in someone uh but yeah to to your point there, there isn't a lot of budget to play around with at the moment so i would not expect us to go crazy i think shorter did a pretty good job in the summer window Rehauling the squad under the circumstances, yeah. and we do have decent depth in most positions. It's really just kind of up top that we're we're a little bit thin. Right, and and I remember uh, going into the season, we did sign a player, and I can't, the name escapes me, but he had some bad history with him, you know, domestically. Uh, I don't know domestic abuse or something like that. And so we we with after after we signed him, or we're getting ready to sign him, the the fans were vocal about it, and we ended up not signing him. But we you know, that would have been like one of a free or very cheap. Uh, striker by, and I imagine Schroeder will have something up his shoulders if that's what he wants. But again, I, it, to me, it's more curious to see where we are on the table at that point. If we're we're still doing really well, we're we're battling for you know top two positions. Yeah, Schroeder's probably close to imagining find somebody uh, to help with that depth on the attack because I agree that's probably our, our weakest point at the moment. Um, and then again, if we're on the flip side, if we we come out of here with zero and three or something, and we're sitting you know mid table or worse, uh, the money's probably gonna go. Well, I'm sure they'll probably find some money for a striker still, but the focus, majority of the money is probably going to go for a manager, I'd imagine. Uh, but I, I don't wish that. I, I wish, I hope to, it'd be great if he finishes 3-0 somehow and uh, sit top of the table. That'd be something uh, that no one would would uh, see coming. Uh, not in our wallet streams, I guess, going to the season. So, yeah. I mean, be, uh, be, before on the bounce then with the Sennheim results as well. It That's would be. Three. It would be. Um, I got some interesting news before we wrap this up. Um, we always talk about... Uh, Courtesy of NBC4 Nashville, by any chance, or, or no? Are I wish it was. We're going to give this credit to NBC4 Nashville, uh, but this one actually comes from Bola VIP. It's, uh, it's Classic. Classic Richard Source. You know. You know how I do. I like Schroeder. I just find these articles out of, out of these gems. Anyway, uh, so we mentioned this, I don't know, maybe a year or, year or so ago. Uh, former Shaka player was in Africa. Uh, the, those you may remember, Hyanik Kamba. Um, he faked his own death. We brought, we, we, you know, we, we shared this, um, I think it was from like Ghana Times or something. Another one of my gems. And anyway, he faked his own death. And the results came, I guess, from that. So it says, I'll read, I'll read the title. It says, former Shaka player sentenced to jail after faking his own death and scamming an insurance company out of $1.2 million. Uh, so, yeah, Hiana Kamba and his wife are sentenced to serve three years and 10 months in jail for faking the player's death. Um, yeah, low times for, for former Shaka players. Uh, some do really well. I mean, he was uh, caught because authorities had just witnessed Shaka, the club, kind of, die in and of itself and so you know but they could tell that should have been the fake death from from the real death that was an absolute throwaway joke but you know (laughs) there you go uh you've you've given me some perhaps some some bedtime reading this evening i'll I'll have to go check out that article and uh the long-awaited update to the saga that's right that's right all right uh that should do it again game on saturday live stream watch along will be on um big game uh, against st pauli uh, the, the following game is against Nuremberg, which will be on a Friday, which we'll not do a watch along for. Uh, but yeah, let's all focus right now. It's going to be a St. Pauli big, big game. Um, real quick, just looking at their goals for goals for 34 goals, second in the league, only behind Darmstadt. Uh, goals against 18. Uh, it's one of the best defensive records in the league. Uh, surprisingly, we've, we've only given up one, one more goal than they have. Uh, but the goal differential is ridiculous. It's 16 or something like that. So. 
Um, but they have lost recently. They did lose recently. They lost to Darmstadt for nothing. So they are beatable. Um, big game, Jack. Yeah, very much so. Uh, and, you know, we really needed those five goals that we scored in this one to make our goal tally and our goal difference look a little bit better because we had been, uh, yeah. you know, not, not too far north of Barely above 20 zero. scored prior to that. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no doubt. I think we're only like plus nine now. So, you know, we would have been like five or something like that. So, oh, all right. Well, on that note, let's wrap this bad boy up. Uh, if you haven't done so yet, uh, make sure you sign up for the Shaka US newsletter. Uh, you simply just go to shaka.com and, uh, and send to enter your email and you get updates um, every month. Um, also, by the way, if you're not following with us on the watch along or not watching the games via German feed, um, if you still want to be part of the action, you know, a great free way to do that is go to Shaka's website, go to the match center. You can listen to every game for free. It's in German, but at least you can hear the how, the, how the game is going when the goals go in. Uh, so that's at least a way to do it. But, you know, we recommend at least doing the watch along with us and, and join in the ups and downs because uh, what better way to uh, list through uh, ups and the miseries and, and all the goals and Buskin celebrations and uh, with us in the watch along. So, yeah, Buskin, Sully, Bolterface, you know, all Bolter the classic face. hallmarks of a, of a great Saturday morning well spent. I wonder if we can get a shirt with Bolter's uh, smile, angry smile. <laughs> I think you just volunteered, sir. Mm. New to the Shalk America store soon. There you go. There you go. <laughs> All right. Keep tuning in each week as we bring you the latest from the Royal Blues. Um, any topics you'd like us to discuss, any kind of videos you'd like to discuss, we just actually posted a video on our YouTube page, uh, a continuum of the history of Schalke. Uh, this was the focus of the 1940s through 1950. Uh, previously, we did the origins through the 1920 and then 20s through 30s to 30 and then 30 to 40. So we're moving on up through the decades. Definitely give it a follow, give it a watch, um, learn about Schalke's history. Uh, with all of us. So, uh, Jack, where can our followers find you on social media? At JM Mangan, J-M-M-A-N-G-A-N on Twitter. Shout out NBC4 Nashville. Uh, as always, you can follow me at R underscore K-H-A-R-M-A-N. Until the next podcast or watch along comes, we'll catch you soon. Shoes. Shoes.